2: Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. And we are joined today by an awesome guest, who I'm super excited to have here, Jordan Dans Jordan, how's it going, man?
1: Hey, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Devin, what do you got for us?
0: Let me open up my uh, new dictionary of thoughts. Oh. I got a real quote off paper here today. <laughs> The knowledge we have acquired ought not to resemble a great shop without order and without an inventory. We ought to know what we possess and be able to make it serve us in our need.
2: Oh, I like that one. That's, uh... I've, I've always, I've, I've never been the cleanest person just in general, but in the things that I do, my hobbies, you know, like I'm an artist and a painter. My studio is always, almost always clean and immaculate. Everything's orderly. And my shop is almost always that same way too. Now, obviously it's not perfect. There are people who have really super clean shops, but for what I have, I try to keep everything orderly because it's really important to know what you have, to know your, like, what ammo you have.
1: You know, to be right. able to see
2: everything and get to it. And I still struggle with that. Like, I'm like, where did I put this thing? And, you know, like, especially after I cleaned my shop recently, it was like a real dagger trying to find stuff. I was like, wait, where did I put that thing? I know I put it somewhere, but I cleaned it up.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just like the idea of a great shop without uh, aim kind of, right. you know, It's just like, a, yeah, they're just talking about a, a, a human, a great mind without a focus. Um, Jordan, I thought of you because – you had um, said that you got refocused into knife making. And that's what a great thing. And what a um, a perfect thing to just focus your energy on. And like a, a very specific thing, like, cool, I can do this. I know I need this gear. I'm into this. Let's go ahead and, and put all our energy towards it. Or, you know, a good bit of it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that quote, it makes me think about, just inventory in general. And for me, it's more like material, you know, material mm-hmm. for knives. I buy so much material, handle material, you know, liner material, pins, all of this stuff. And it wasn't until I actually started like keeping track of that stuff in QuickBooks that I realized, you know, how much material I had that I just was never using. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you buy stuff and then, you know, you, you do these custom orders and people tell you what they want. You go out and buy what they want. And you're sitting on hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of material, so yeah, it's just madness. (laughs) Especially with uh, with knives and handle scales, they're so
0: small, you know, relative to a to a piece of wood that you like want to have. It's like buying a um, a paint stir and being like, all right, I got one of these, and now I got the whole board left
2: right yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah buying a whole yeah sheet of plywood <laughs> for one painter yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i like that though like you were saying materials i think that's that it's definitely that works you know especially with people who are making things often especially like you said with custom things where you're you're buying it as a as someone who does it um either as a hobby or professional usually buy an assortment because the aesthetic changes you know you want to have a variety of things so that way they're on hand so that way they're there, ready for you to use when you want them you know so you're not going to buy like one pair of black g10 handle scales you know like if you're going to get black g10 you know it's black g10 right so you might buy like 20 pairs or whatever you know you'll buy like an assortment so you have it and then like you said yeah i mean that can get out of hand quickly i mean that's just like anything you know anything that you're into if you're not really keeping track of it you just you buy it because it, it it excites you and it, you know and you know you have that variety same thing with tools you know, i often will i'll like be at a yard sale and i'll see a little screwdriver that just is kind of interesting maybe a vintage looking screwdriver and i'll pick it up and i'll buy it and i'll bring it home and i'll put it into my you know drawer of 50 other little random vintage screwdrivers i'm like man i gotta <laughs> go through and figure out what i want to do with all these because it's getting a little crazy
0: <laughs> but but to just in, in your guys' defense, if you see a antler or a piece of wood or, or some type of mm-hmm. uh, acrylic or something that you like, it's it's hard to pass that up. Like, oh, this is perfect. I, I got to keep this around because you guys should should know what, what is good and what's going to come in handy later.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think it's good to have that, uh, like I said, kind of that inventory of things, of supplies. I always think of like Adam Savage's uh, cave, you know, he's just like, make sure you have a, a few of everything. Cause you never know what you're going to need. You know, you want to be able to have it on hand or, uh, or what's his name? Um, the guy from, uh, uh, fireball tools, Jason from fireball tools has like a whole hardware section in his, in his like, you know, in his shop where he's just inventing things that's just completely full of every screw and nut and bolt and you know, washer that you'd need. Be fun. So,
0: Jordan, have you uh, filled up your your workspace or your
1: garage yet with with all the all the scales and stuff? Yeah, I, my my poor garage. My poor wife. Actually, we used to park her car in here. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I. Go ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. I was I was just gonna say it started as one side of the garage with a table, and then it, then it became two tables. And then three, and then I was running out of room. So I started putting tables down the middle of the garage. And that's when (laughs) she got kicked out. And it's just, (laughs) it's just (laughs) madness in here. I was, I, uh, Devin
2: sent me a message the other day. He says, Does Jordan have a YouTube channel? And I was like, I don't think so. And then I went on to your website and I like scrolled to the bottom just to see the little like icons. I was like, oh, look, YouTube. So I clicked on that and I saw your YouTube channel. So I started watching some videos and stuff and, and there's like the early on knife making videos, like when you're just getting into it and you're like, yeah, I'm just using this one part of my shop, you know, just on the wall, the the middle of the garage is open for my wife's minivan, you know, and then I watched like your most recent one and you're like working on one side and then you turn around, you work on this, it's just benches down the middle of the shop, the garage was like, yeah, that changed quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did it escalated
1: pretty quickly and it's funny because we have a like we have a second refrigerator out here where we keep like beverages and stuff and yeah. the garage is attached to the house and so like my kids will I got three kids and they're all young and they'll come out here to get something out of this refrigerator well if they're barefoot like th- there's been a lot yeah. of times where they're getting mm. some sort of like you know metal shard metal slivers, in their yeah, foot right. yeah and so <laughs> they've gotten to the point now where they'll they'll like come into the kitchen and be like dad did you grind today (laughs) and i'm like no i didn't grind today sweetie she's like okay and she like turn around go out in the garage but but they know to ask now which is it's it's sad and it's comical at the same time
2: Yeah. yeah my my that's like one of the the rules that we've had for my shop downstairs like you just you never come in the shop with bare feet and you know, I live out in the country, and my daughter is a country girl, so she loves running around bare feet all the time. But so she'll like come like running down the shop stairs and like stop right at the door and be like, "Hey, bubble!" And she'll like yell to me because she knows there's inevitably going to be like a wood sliver or a metal sliver that she's going to get her foot. She's done multiple times. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm like oh, stop yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> so
0: before Jordan, before we get like your uh, your beginning knife story, um, I just want to say in honor of you, I am. Every uh, podcast, I pull up a photo or painting to look at, so I'm not just staring at my monitor and just watching our levels you know bounce. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I pulled up a uh, a Texas photo today. I don't oh, know where it know. is, but it looks nice, and it's nice to stare out into the the plains. Perfect, <laughs> I love it.
2: <laughs> it's been it's become a thing where when we're finished recording. Devin will just text me the image that he's been looking at for the last hour to two <laughs> hours. <laughs> He'll be like, well, like every time. And I I always like, I never freak I always forget it's gonna happen, and then it just pops up, like, point, this little picture. He's like, This is my scenery today. <laughs> <laughs> Your office. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Um, so let me introduce you. So those of you who don't know who we are talking to, Jordan Danz is uh, the man behind JD Custom Knives. Jordan's and have an outdoorsman who collects knives, collects custom knives, and um, has a YouTube channel, which I mentioned, Outdoor Gear Dad. Um, and then you've been using that for the last couple of years to actually show and talk about your kind of knife-making journey and documenting that, which is really cool. So. Just tell us a little bit about more about your journey, like how you got into knife making. Um, who were the people you were looking at? I'm not saying that to gloat because I know we've talked many times. You told me how like you've been watching our videos and learning, but yeah. I know you've taken that a lot further than I have, and you've like reached out to a bunch of other people and learned from a bunch of other people too. So, yeah, cool.
1: yeah. I mean, I never it's it I never thought that I would be <laughs> at this point, point. Um, and you know it it's, it's one of those things where. I kind of stumbled into knife making and, and I had mentioned this to, to you, Dustin, you know, a few years ago, um, and, and not to get all personal and stuff, but it's, it, but it's a, it's a part of the story is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had I came to the realization that I was, that I had a drinking problem mm. and, you know, I, I wasn't ruining my family yet, or I did not you know, I wasn't getting DUIs or anything crazy like that, but it was, it was getting excessive and it was getting to the point where it was out of control. So, um, I went, I got help and I stepped into, step into recovery. And, and that was amazing. And it was great. And it's, you know, it's been an incredibly awesome journey. And I'm, I'm so grateful yeah. for that. But it's like one of those things where when you have all of these relationships that were built around, you know, going out to the bars or sitting mm-hmm. in a garage drinking, and you, and you know, you you've invested all this time in that and that lifestyle, and then you take it away. It's like, well, what do I do now? You know, it's like you're sitting around and you're like, well, I got nothing to do. So it was, it was really like the perfect time to find a hobby. And I've been, I've been, I've been collect, not, I wouldn't call myself a collector. I like outdoor knives. I like bushcraft knives. I like fixed blades and I like them from custom makers. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have a good collection. um, And I don't know, one day I was just like, I'm just going to try and make a knife. And I had literally the only thing I had was like a Dremel and like a drill like that's all i had and i had this saw blade and i drew you know what looked like a knife onto a saw blade and i used a little off wheel on the dremel to get it out and <laughs> i didn't even have any like i had like a scrap piece of two by four that i i don't even remember i think i used a hacksaw to cut it and nice. um the best part was i didn't have any pins so like yeah. I took one of those wall hooks that you like hang stuff, like you screw into the wall and you hang stuff on and I hammered it flat yeah. and then I cut it <laughs> nice. and I made this prison shank looking knife. <laughs> and, uh, and I was hooked. I was like, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can do this better. And it's mm-hmm. just, I just transferred all of that. All I just transferred basically from one addiction to something else and yeah. it's just been and you and you can see it in my youtube from the you know the little corner of the shop to now you know it's taking up the whole thing it's just yeah. it's, it's asinine
2: it's <laughs> well, awesome before before
0: like 2019 when you kicked it into gear did you have did you do other like were you a craftsman in other ways or a handy guy because i mean you the progress from there to now is crazy your stuff now it's gorgeous so wh- did you have a background in any any of that type of stuff
1: no, I mean, and honestly, like, contrary to popular belief, I still have no idea what I'm doing, you guys, like, <laughs> I <laughs> um, I mean, thank God for YouTube. And honestly, like, that's, that's why this is kind of a surreal moment for me, because I remember after I made that, that band, the, the, um, the saw blade knife, yep, I started looking on YouTube and like one of the, you know, I found all these great videos, but the problem was they'd get to a point where they'd like walk over to their two by 72 grinder. <laughs> or they'd or they'd pull out this surface grinder and start, you know, flat and I'm like, I don't I have a Dremel and like w- w- I can't do that. Right. And then I stumbled across your guys's uh file knife video. Mm-hmm. And like watching you anneal it in a fire pit outside and you were using like a Harbor Freight 4x36 and like yep. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, and and you, I think you were even using, you know, an angle grinder for, and I, I just started looking this stuff up and I was like, there's a Harbor Freight right down the road. I can get this stuff for like less than a hundred bucks and I can yeah. be, I can be rolling. So, um, th- but to answer your question, no, like I, I wasn't, I've never been a craftsman art, r- art and creativity runs in my family. My dad's a commercial illustrator. He can build anything. I mean, he, he oh, cool. builds all kinds of stuff. So I, I've known that it's there's some gene in there. I guess it wasn't until knife making that I actually discovered, you know, and tapped into that a little bit more. So, mm. yeah.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I, I always, what any, any knife maker knows the, 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 distinction between a, you know, kind of a, I guess, I don't want to say like a bad knife maker and a good knife maker, but like the, the different, the def the difference between someone who, has an innate ability to create good looking knives and someone who doesn't is that like the fit and finish and like the symmetry and all these things that you you don't you take for granted until you realize that sometimes people are doing this by hand you know like when you buy a chef's knife from a store that handle was ground by a machine so both sides are symmetrical you know they're both three eights yeah but when until you start doing something like making a knife and you realize that you have to measure both and you have to grind it and you have to make sure that you're not grinding too far or too less. And if you do, then you gotta, you have to change that. And you, all those little things, having the eye to do that really sets off uh, really good and potentially like long running knife makers. And I think that's something that you have and it looks like that you kind of either caught on or realized kind of early on, like you kind of saw some things and you changed. And like, I watched that video where you kind of showed your first three knives and you showed those second five knives that you had done, you know, and that progression, you could see the progression of how you were starting to see things and like getting better and looking at, you know, like bevel thickness, that's the same way. And, and, you know, grind lines and, and cleaning up things. And I think, you know, by this point you've made way more knives than I've ever made. Like I've, I've been a knife maker, a hobby knife maker for a long time since I was in college, but only out of like necessity, I'd make knives when I wanted knives, or if I had a friend who wanted something or a friend of the family who wanted something, I never really got into it, but I, you know, got into it further, but I knew that it was something that as an artist myself, I knew that I could do it and I could make it look good. And it was important to me that they look clean, you know, and that like there weren't any gaps in the handle scales and that everything was as flat as possible. But same thing, when I look back at my early knives, they look like everyone's early knives, you see all like the gaps and stuff, and I did the same thing. I used, you know, like a Dremel to cut stuff out, and I used a grinder and files to put on bevels and Yeah, started your, the same way. Your <laughs> early knives
0: look like my only knife, which was the which was the Dremel knife that I did <laughs> with you yeah. dust. Yeah, right. And that's how I burnt a hole in my sweater that I still wear I still for wear. <laughs> for that the Ravens hoodie that I
2: the dirty one. Jordan, what um, where did you? get the idea to do a knife from a circular saw blade? Did you just like look that up online?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, so I, I've i been a pretty active member on bushcraftusa.com, mm-hmm. which is, a, mm-hmm. you know, the Bushcraft forum is pretty well known. And yep. there's always people posting stuff that they made. And I think I had seen at some point people posting, you know, pictures of knives they had made out of circular saw blades. And, you know, I just happened to have one laying around That it it, guess it just made sense,
2: right? Right on. Yeah, because I I started the same way, and I think I must have just looked it up somewhere. It would have been in like two thousand and I don't know, maybe two thousand three or something like that. I looked up online. I think I was I was looking for a knife to go backpacking with, and didn't want to buy something expensive didn't have any money i was in college and so i was like oh let me look and i forget where i looked but i did look online and someone was like yeah you can use circular saw blades cuz they're already heat treated and for you know a beginner knife it works perfectly fine and and sure enough you know they, they it's a great way to start and it's actually why i did that video of uh you know showing that process because it's a very doable process for anybody who wants to get into knife making and you can make a knife that like it'll hold an edge okay you know like you could go out you could use it for a weekend come back sharpen it back up and it's back to usable you know it's not great yeah you know for for feeling that like uh that sense of accomplishment from making a tool like that that's like historic you know prehistoric this tool that has been part of man's (laughs) existence forever and being able to make one yourself and like go out and use it and that's a cool feeling
1: yeah. I actually, I still have my first, well, actually, I think I still have my first three knives. Nice. Um, and I, and I do, I mean, I love looking at it. I mean it, the, the thing I love about knife making is just that y- you can never be perfect. Like I'll never mm-hmm. turn into a machine, you know, like right. every single knife. The only thing I can guarantee on every single one of my knives is that they're not perfect. Yeah. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's some element of, of human error in there, something's off and whether the right. customer sees it or or they don't. I know it's there, and <laughs> and it's just like the the constant drive to make the next one better than the one before is yeah. it's it's just what right. keeps me going with it.
0: And th- yeah. and that's what people look for is if they get something from you or, or from another maker, if they don't see like the the maker's hand in it, they're disappointed. It's like when I went looking for Amish furniture, and it all looked like IKEA, and I was like, right. well, what's the point? <laughs> Why am I paying three thousand dollars for an office <laughs> desk if I can't even tell? Like I don't know who made it. Right. Like I wanted to see the hand. The same thing. It's like with, uh, with like great music. Like you don't yeah. you don't you don't want the Rolling Stones to be perfect, right? right? And all that stuff you don't want them to be. Um, what was it called? Uh, Auto tuned, and you know you don't you don't want that because that's where the, the, that's the beauty in the in the art. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
2: Yeah. Um, Jordan, you know uh, Don Wynn Knives, do you know Oh, Wynn? yeah. Oh, yeah. He just He's, he just he put out a machine. video. <laughs> he is. He just, so he just put out a video, I think it was yesterday, on making a Damascus chef's knife. And I think as far as I know, and don't quote me on this, but as far as I know, up until this point, he hasn't really made much Damascus. He just uses mono steel, um, but does like beautiful work and super, you know, just attention to detail is ridiculous but he made this video of doing this damascus knife you should watch it it's really funny but he he makes mistakes throughout the video and just is like it just makes him seem real you know like oh yeah you are a real person you're not just this like machine that does like perfect you know faceted handles that are exactly right everything around you know they all do turn out that way but the mistakes are just there in the process.
1: Yeah. I like think was- I saw on his Instagram, he was like using a power hammer and it like snapped something. And he just like <laughs> stared at the camera. Like, <laughs> I, I forget what it was, but y- y'all have to check that out. Yeah, that's great
2: and yeah just you know seeing his shop he's always like working in a shop and he's it's just like in a garage like there's a car there and like a fold-up plastic table and he's just like right to do you know making these amazing knives just just like any normal person it's it's really cool it's good to see that yeah (laughs) um yeah so so you um the other thing that i was saying that you've done a lot of which is super awesome is that you've kind of reached out to other makers and gone around. I know recently you went to Aaron Gray from AA Gray Knives or AA Knives. Adam. 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 Sorry, Adam. Yeah, Aaron's his brother. Uh, We actually had Adam on not too, too long ago, I guess within the last year, obviously. Um, And then, uh, and you more recently went to, went to uh, uh, Sugar Shack Forge as well, right?
1: Yeah. So Ethan was actually out here. So Ah, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of just one of those people where it's like, okay, find somebody that has what you want and just reach out to them. And you know, I, I've owned a lot of double a forge. I mean, I've, I had Adams knives before I was ever, before I was ever making them. And, uh, Ben Orford is another one from craft lab knives. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so I, when I, when I started making them, you know, I just made it a point to reach out and ask for help and, um, I don't know. It was probably about a year ago. I don't know. Oh, I know what happened. I was on Instagram live one night and I see A forge join my Instagram live. And I'm nice. like, like, this is like, you know, one of my, one of my guys that I look yeah. up to. Right. And so yeah. he started, he started engaging through the Instagram live and we carried that conversation over after through like messaging and stuff and built a, you know, a pretty good, you know, friendship just through talking about steel and stuff like that. And, you know, I finally, I was just like, Hey, I'm, i want to buy a flight. I'm going to come out. I'll get a hotel. So I'm not bugging you and your family. I'll show up at your mm-hmm. shop first thing in the morning and I'll leave when you turn the lights off. I just, I'll sweep, I'll do anything. I just want to <laughs> nice. learn. And, uh, and Adam was, was gracious enough him and his family to have me come out and I spent a week out there. Um, I mean, just like literally show up at seven AM and there were some nights we weren't we weren't leaving until after eleven and just That's crazy. I mean, just the amount of information I consumed off of him and, and you know, he's still just one of my great buddies. I talk to him almost every day and um just learned a ton from him. You know, you know, it, cool. it,
0: it would have been great if you went and then he just finds out that you're not a hard worker and like you're trying to leave at like two. Yeah. Kinda kinda of, <laughs> kind of hungry, like are we done yet? Like, is it <laughs> well, this guy Jordan came down and he like three hours in he didn't want to work anymore. It's weird. Uh, he just ate all my food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, what a exactly.
2: jerk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Ethan from Sugar Shack Forge he he messaged me uh, just like randomly one day. I mean we had, we had exchanged some messages back and forth, but one day he was just like, Hey, you live in uh, you live in Texas, right? I was like, yeah. And he was like, you don't happen to live in Austin, do you? And I was like, oh, actually I do. He's like, oh, you know, my, uh, my fiance is coming out for, oh, she's got a work trip out there and I was going to tag along. Like you want to spend a day God, in the shop. Cool. So yeah, so he came over for a day and learned a bunch from him too. And, you know, obviously we make, he, he forges and I do stock removal, but the transfer of knowledge between those two things, it's just, there's a lot. And yeah, yeah, it was really great.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I um <clears throat> I've I've haven't I I've, I've been following Adam from AA Forge for a long time. Like same as you, like long before, well, I guess probably like years before I started YouTube, um, just seeing the stuff, you know, on Instagram and then just just awesome stuff. I love his work. And then I more recently started seeing, um, Sugar Shack Forge's work. Um, it's funny. I was mentioning Devin right before we started. I was like, yeah, he stole my design because the first time I ever saw his, saw his work was like shortly after we put out the journey knife video.
1: Oh, and right.
2: then like he, like that and his aesthetic is really similar to that knife that i put out so it's you know simple puko with simple lines and kind of facet to handle that's kind of just was like what is in my mind and i really like that design and his is really a similar aesthetic and i i know that he has like and i've looked back past this stuff like earlier on but it was it was just the right time that when i when it like popped up in my feed for the first time i like showed my wife nicole i was like look i was like this guy made like my exact design <laughs> and then i like went back there and i was like oh that's just like his aesthetic but yeah <laughs> it was really funny it was just like happened that like right at the same time that i put out that video he was like put out a, a you know a knife that's, that was the same thing
0: <laughs> that's 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 like the same thing that happens to us and people accuse us like or whatever you know you make a piece of content oh, yeah. like hey we want to do a hammer or something or we want to do this or or and then someone of course a huge channel in front of you will come out and do a hammer a week before then, right. <laughs> like, oh now we're gonna put it out and everyone's gonna think we stole it, even though it took us a month to shoot. Yeah. Right. Or or we'll put out the video like the next day. They're like, Oh, you you copied them Right. I'm yeah. Like, no, yeah. we didn't shoot and edit and do the whole video in <laughs> one day after we saw it. <laughs> we literally can't. Dustin changes
2: outfits ten times during the video. Right. <laughs> yeah. Was, it is, yeah, it's the same thing as like, yeah, you get a new vehicle and you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Right, like, right. Oh. Yeah. But I love, I love his work. It's super cool. So that's, that's awesome. Um, so you said you're from Austin, but you don't have, or at least you live in Austin. You don't have a like a Texas accent at all. No. You so I'm here. Yeah,
1: no. no. So I'm Uh, we've been in Texas for a little over six years now. I grew up in California, uh, yeah. up in Northern California, which is where my, my entire family lives and met my wife in college. We were living in LA at the time and we just kind of progressively got further and further south and in, in Southern California. And then I was like, we got to get out of this place. And uh, so <laughs> we Cal- came to Texas. Yeah. So we came to San Antonio first. I, I took a job out here and we, we moved out to San Antonio. We we're there for a year and then a job relocated us up to, up to Austin, which is where we've been for you know, a little over five years. And Um, And we're actually um, on the final stretch, closing on a house out in the country on some acreage with a 1400 square foot shop. And um, yeah, really, I mean, just beyond blessed for this whole situation and really excited to not have to have my kids walking through barefoot and just having a (laughs) dedicated space. (laughs) Get stabbed in the foot just because they want a, a fresca. Right, exactly, yeah so. <laughs> um,
0: so you 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 went to Austin before it was cool to go to austin
1: yeah we 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 beat the mass exodus out here, and we actually <laughs> came out to Texas to actually embrace Texas and right. uh not change it. in right. fact, we wanted it to go even further back to the way it used to be, but um, yeah, it's um Austin is uh it doesn't feel like Texas, doesn't feel like mm-hmm. Texas at all,
0: yeah, right so so i want to um so you said you had some aa knives before you started making so were you a collector or did you just have a few a few high price knives because it's not for someone a non-knife enthusiast to own a, a bunch of those knives for you know as expensive as handmade knives are were you into that for a long time or what's the deal
1: Um, so I got introduced, so I was, I was a, like, I was a big backpacker and Mm. I got introduced to like this concept of bushcraft and like, Mm. you know, using nature rather than just being in it. Mm. And, um, and so that's when I got on bushcraft USA and I was on this forum and that was like my first real exposure to full tang fixed blade knives like everything had been kind of smaller folders and and things like that and and that's when i was introduced to like adventure sworn and double a forge and ben orford and all of these guys and so i started buying some and like everything in my life once i find something i like like there's no stopping me so i mean yeah there was there was a point in time where you know, I was probably buying at least a knife a week. I mean, I'm still, I mean, I bought three AA forges this year, you know, like Uh, I bought one last week from Adam. I mean, you know, I, I, I like, (laughs) (laughs) I like knives, but I also, I also tell people like I buy the maker. I don't necessarily buy the knife. Like I form, like I like buying Josh Smith stuff from Montana knife company because I really, I value what he's doing and what he stands for. You know, I like Adam stuff. These, these people that I'm buying knives, like there's a history there. And so I'm not right. just owning because anybody can really, I mean, look at, I, if I can make a knife, anybody can make a knife. Like I, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so knowing that, like, what's the difference between, you know, this, this full tang and this one, it's, right. it's the person behind the grinder. And so right. that's kind of what I, trying to do is i just my collection now is thinned out and it's just all people that i respect.
2: Right. What do you do do you you sell them back like through bushcraft forums or something or
1: Yeah, at the time. So now i'm not like i'm not sell i'm not selling anything back anymore. Like i'm right. i'm now at a place where i'm only purchasing stuff that i know i'm going to hang on to. Um Right. But yeah, for a long time like there's a a trade blanket on that forum where you can Okay. You can you can trade, you can sell, you can do all of that. So I mean, I would I would get a knife, turn around and sell it in two days, mm. you know, and then buy another one. Um, huh. so, yeah, it's a slippery slope, but I learned <laughs> a lot. That's the thing. It's like that's yeah. I learned so much about the design and what makes mm. a good knife and being able to just hold these different knives, even if I wasn't going out and you know, batoning it through a big log, right? Being able to just experience that knife and see what I liked about mm. it, see what I didn't. Um, it, I think that was really kind of instrumental in my knife making journey was just being able to have mm. so much exposure to those.
2: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, there's as with my, my background, mostly in art and painting and, you know, knife as a hobby, like going to a museum and seeing paintings in real life that I've seen in, in books or, you know, and, in magazines or whatever, or I know through internet searches, you know, there's something completely different about being in person with that. And the same thing with a knife. When, not, when I hold a knife from someone else, it really is a moment that you can learn from that because there's, there's like, you know, a tapered tang or a hidden tang or a full tang, they're all going to feel different in your hand, you know, like the weight that you're going to have front weight or back weight, or you're going to have thickness. And until you hold other people's knives and you, you feel their aesthetic, it's really hard to understand those different things, even as a knife maker where you make a variety of knives. You know, I think that's important. And I, I really, I, I, I think that's really cool that you've done that, and I haven't done that nearly as much. And I think that'd be cool, even something like going to Blade Show and being able to like pick up different people's knives and having all that experience in one place—that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave my wallet at home this year for Blade Show. Uh, (laughs) It's gonna be tough. But you know what? I mean, honestly, like I also think it's what it's one of the it's one of the factors that drives me personally to continue to try to get better with knife making because I can't tell you how humbling of an experience it is when you know, I will, I think I've, I've done my best work on a knife and I'm, and I'm like, I like it. I feel good about it. And then, you know, a knife I bought from double A forge shows up and I pull that out and I'm like, okay, back to the grinder. Like (laughs) I got to keep working. And so, you know, you surround yourself with the people that, uh, that you look up to that you, you know, that you want to be like, that you want to create like, um, and, you know, eventually, you know, fake it till you make it. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I <laughs> think that what a great thing. I didn't even think of that. Someone it's like you, you went the knife route that like Quentin Tarantino went the movie route because he was a like he worked at a movie store and he just ingested movies constantly, all the greatest movies. He knew all about them. So you're just constantly, you know what it should, you have a good focus on what it should be, how it should feel. mm mm-hmm that that's like invaluable. What a, what a, what a great thing to do. And then if you're trading them back and forth, you have so many in your hand. What a, what a cool way to go about it. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, like I said, you have a, you have a clear focus of what it can be and what it should be. Yeah.
1: And I still, I mean, I, I did it the other night and it's funny. Cause my wife makes fun of me cause I'll pull out all my knives and I'll put them on our bed <laughs> and I'll pull out my leather strop <laughs> And, you know, she's trying to read or something. And I'm just sitting there admiring my knives, dropping them on the bed. And she's just like, wow, wow. really? And, and I'll, just, I'll even say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm pulling out the knives. You know, and it just, it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those tools that's, you know, arguably the oldest tool, right? Like yeah. known to man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and to just think like, this is a tool that could save my life yeah, this is a tool that could open up this, uh, the packaging on this toy for my kid. Like <laughs> it's it's just, there's something to me that's so mesmerizing about a sharp piece of steel. Yeah. So oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's, <clears throat> I mean, since I was uh, probably six, seven, eight, something like that, you know, I've, I've had a pocket knife on me since then. You know, and like days that it's not in my pocket for some reason, I'm like I feel lost. You know, if I don't have a knife, I'm like, what am I just gonna like tear something open with my teeth? <laughs> you know, like what am I doing? <laughs> What's happened to my life? But yeah, it's uh, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I made um recently I made a small puko for my wife, uh, for kind of a pre Christmas and then kind of Christmas present. And uh, she she wanted something. She was like, "Well, I want you know, I want an, a, a small knife that I can use to like open packages in the living you know kitchen or in the living room whenever you know things come in, and just to have it around. You know, if I want to go out in the garden and cut some stuff. So, so we kind of went back and forth, and I made some uh, wooden templates and things for her prototypes so she could feel it. And and it's just that you know, like just having something there that you know you can pick up and use to cut. I mean, cutting things open is still. It, it it's like something that I do every day, you know, multiple times a day. It's, it's crazy that that's still that prevalent. We think that, you know, we don't use knives as much as we used to, but I mean, I think it's still, it's just a different use, but it's still something that's always used.
1: I mean, I don't know how people function without a blade on them. I mean, it's like, it's like one of those things you don't know until you like, until you have it. And then you realize how much like you've been missing out. Like I I remember Mm. when I got my first Leatherman and I put it on, you know, in a sheath and I put it on my belt and my wife was like, you're going to wear that on your hip. And I was like, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: She's like, all right. I haven't taken that thing off in five years Mm -hmm. and I use it like eight times a day. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't imagine my life without my Leatherman on me. Yeah, And it, you know, the same thing goes for the knives. It's just, I always have one on me and it's, it's there's just something really fascinating about a blade.
2: Yeah. And I think most people, but especially men have that, uh, you know, like primal attraction to that. You know, you see another guy with a blade and you just feel like, Oh, I got to get my blade out you know like there's something like primal <laughs> and full of testosterone that we're like drawn to this you know the ability to use this tool to survive because i think yeah. that's you know it's there in us to like i know that if i need to do something i have this on me i also i have a Leatherman. i, I wear a leatherman skeletal um and the reason why i have that one as opposed to a leatherman with a with the case on my hip is because i didn't like that like i don't like um same thing i'm a backpacker so you know, even, like my pack, everything's always as like slim as possible. I don't like extra things hanging off if I can avoid it. Right. And so I, I like the idea of a Leatherman. And when I was in grad school, my, uh, my, one of the other students that was in the program with me had one of the only ones at the time that came with a pocket clip and it was fairly slim and he would like wear it in his pocket. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And it was, you know, standard traditional Leatherman, like, you know, very geometric. And so I went to look for one like that and there were no at the time this is like 2006 maybe at the time there were no um maybe 2008 there were no Leathermans that came with pocket clips except for the Skeletal and I really didn't like it at first because it's like swoopy and it's got holes and stuff in it it was a little bit too <laughs> like uh you know like drugstore knife type thing and but uh, uh but I got it anyway because yeah. it was the only one that had the pocket clip and and it's been on my pocket ever since like now you never love it. never without it yeah right yeah. i'll say
0: yeah. i used to um in the film school days and stuff i would have, always have a leatherman on it cuz that's like one of the main film school tools because mm-hmm. back in the old days lights used to be really really hot so <laughs> so you'd always have to be moving the barn doors on the edge of lights and stuff but you needed something to grab them and do that so everyone or any good person on a film crew would have a leatherman to do that stuff with, well, then you can obviously cut stuff open, but it's mainly having those pliers. But then I started doing sports and stuff, and they, they don't like you bringing knives into the stadium. So yeah. I haven't <laughs> yeah. worn, worn them as much.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've definitely uh, lost a couple, probably five or six, seven knives over the years for going into like a museum or a you know a sport a stadium or airports things like that i'm like no you know <laughs> fortunately fortunately all the knives that i carry on me aren't, aren't never like multiple hundreds of dollars on knives so it's not all that big of a deal it's not worth it like to walk the quarter mile back to the parking lot and go put your knife in your car i'm like yeah, ah, cut your losses <laughs> just take it yeah, yeah i'll buy another you know 60 knife whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh your YouTube channel and one video specifically that I thought was really fun to watch and and uh had some fun bits to it, which was your uh, the survival bow video that you made. <laughs> I didn't make that. I bought I, I, yeah I no bought no that, no but... yeah,
1: that you made the video. Oh the video, yeah, I was yeah. like ah, not that talented, bud
2: <laughs> so i I love at first, first of all, I love the fact that you like started the video being like, I'm not a bow guy. I just saw this and I thought it was awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. like had to buy it. I was like, that's a perfect reason to buy something. <laughs> you know, it's like, True. that looks awesome. I love yeah. it. Um, and, uh, and I, like, as you were, you're like putting it together and you talk about how the, the hinges have to hinge out a certain way. And so you have to flip the thing over. And you like you unhook the one side and you swing it around and then you hook it back in backwards you know (laughs) and you were like and then you're like oh i did it wrong on camera like before that i was like you just put it in backwards isn't it still the same way (laughs) i'm like watching you do it i'm like am i wrong (laughs) but it was it was great because you know like as a as a bow maker and someone you know someone I, i shoot bows not super often but i have in the past you know it was it was fun watching you be really excited about this thing that is like a knife, like this primal thing. Like I can shoot an arrow out of this bow, (laughs) even without, without like, just, just because it was awesome. Like I was like, that's so much fun. You're like, I know I'm doing things wrong and I'm sure you're screaming at me for it, but I'm just having fun (laughs) shooting to the fence and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, have you done anything with that since?
1: No, I mean, so I haven't done anything with the YouTube. I mean, honestly, like I, because of, honestly, because of the videos that I watched on your guys' channel early on, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this knife thing, like I'm going to just start documenting stuff. And mm-hmm. I was I was doing like gear reviews and stuff like that because I really just like wanted people to see stuff that I thought was cool. And if anything else, like I just yep. wanted to have some sort of record of the awesomeness of something I had at that moment of my <laughs> life. And so I was doing that and then I was, you know, recording I mean, I haven't put out. I mean, I put out a YouTube video. I don't know, a couple months ago, a, a disc grinder video. But like, I haven't put out a knife build video since, you know, since I got really my this shop to where it is now. Um, right. But yeah, that bow. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how to shoot a bow, <laughs> but I saw it online and I was like, that is cool. I'm gonna <laughs> get me one of those. And uh, and I've had I've had a really good time with you know shooting it in the backyard and you know, things like that. But, you know, I just, it's one of those things. It's just, it looked awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That, uh,
2: I I felt that through, like, I've watched several of your videos now and, and I felt that in each of the videos that you were like, there was something honest about what you were trying to say or do or show, you know, it was like, like you're, you did some like gear videos where you're just talking about like, not everyone can always afford the most expensive gear. Not everyone needs to because not everyone's going to be going backpacking all the time. So let's try this stuff out. Or like when you were shown like your knife shop, you're like, this is what I have now. And this is what I'm going to work toward and just see what you can do to do different things. It felt really honest and really like easy to uh, access. You know, that's one of those things that I think that we've tried to do over the years is try to make our videos easy for anyone to access, you know, like you feel like you're in the shop with, and you feel like the person's saying something and trying to talk to you and give you some information because they honestly feel like it's important to pass that along. Yeah. And although your channel is small and you only have, you know, a few videos, like, I felt that in all those videos I was like, Oh, this is really nice. Like I could feel that coming out of the video. And I wanted
1: like, the idea was to do a lot more with it. I mean, but I mean, you guys know this. I mean, it's like you shoot, to shoot something and then put it into, you know, iMovie or whatever you're using Mm -hmm. final cut and edit it and make sure the audio like once the knives took off and like people started buying them and I was like, Oh man, like I can do something with this. Yeah. Like, there was just no time anymore to be able to do that and if i want to put out a video like even as with with little knowledge as i have is like editing and and all and you know taking good shots like i just set up my iphone and like it still takes me several hours to get it out right and in those several hours like i can i can cut out 10 different blades and get going on those so i wanted to do a lot more with it i'm glad that i've done it and i and you know I think I think I told you this, Dustin. Like some of those early knife videos. Like I had somebody reach out to me randomly through my website a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and was like, "Hey, just want to let you know. Like your these knife videos that you you put out have really helped inspire me." And like I just finished my first blade. Awesome. I followed the instruction, and it was like all right, that was worth it. Right. It was like, it yeah. was worth it to, to take that knowledge and, and pass it on. Even though like that knowledge all now, like if I were to make a video now, it, I would be one of those guys that house all the tools and nobody could relate to right. the new guy. But
2: right. yeah,
1: <laughs> at the time, that's what I had.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I know like just thinking about that today, I was thinking that might be kind of cool to do another video, like another, uh, like a how to video that slows down a little bit, you know, cause a lot of times in our, in, in our videos now we'll say, you know, if you want to see this, I've done it in other videos, you can go back and we'll put links in so people can look that. But I think it would be good again to like, now that I have, you know, more tools, same thing as you like go back through again and do another one and just kind of, but go through slower, you know? So like, okay, I'm, I'm grinding this type of thing. And there are other people that do that, you know, all over YouTube, but, but I think the audience is there and, 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 uh, you know, I'd say more than half of YouTube, half of what makes YouTube channel successful is, is the personality, right? The people are coming back because they enjoy you and they enjoy what you're doing, you know? So I think for you, I think what would be, what would be interesting is like when you get a new tour, when you do something different or when you experience something new, then like show that, you know, cause I think that, at least from what i saw that's what gets you really excited and i can see that in the videos be like oh you're trying something new and so you're showing that so it's like yeah you're not relying on youtube to do that but like you said when you did the grinder video and the video said like i was you were doing the research and there was no there wasn't much out there on that grinding system from the what's ORB or OBM. Yeah. OBM. Yeah. And so then you were like, Oh, let me do a video on it. Like that seems like a perfect reason to do a video, you know? So then when, then you're not like pressured because you feel like you have to do stuff all the time, but you can like put that information out there when you see it,
1: you know, when you see the, yeah. And you know, like I, I shifted to Instagram live because I, what I wanted was one of the issues that I really hated as a buyer was the fact that when I would order a custom knife, I never felt an emotional attachment to that knife until it arrived at my door and I created emotional attachment with it. Right. And one of the things that I really wanted when I, you know, when I actually formed like JD custom knives and made an Instagram page and kind of went like official with it was I wanted I wanted customers to be able to see them be made. Like I wanted right. them to be able to to know that, hey, during the weeknights, every weeknight, Jordan gets on Instagram live and I can go on. I can get engaged with other people who have knives being built. I can ask questions. I can get updates and I can see things happening in the moment. Now that runs its risks because I mess up a lot. Right. But like people, people see that they get to see that, you know, they get to see the good and the bad. And, and that's something I still do. I mean, every weeknight, unless there's something in my schedule, I'm on Instagram live and people Mm. can come in and they can ask questions and they can see. And I really base like my success on how many customers are coming back and buying a second knife.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And and it's not about how many knives I've sold. It's about how many repeat customers in each batch am I getting? Cause it means that we've, Mm. you know, at that point they're buying the maker, right? They like the blades, but they're buying the maker. And, um, I, I try to show that cool, the cool new stuff or the things that I'm learning. Um, it doesn't reach as broad of an audience, obviously, as YouTube. But I also don't have to edit anything. <laughs> like I can just right, turn my yeah. <laughs> phone on to my shop, and people can ask questions, and we have fun. Yeah, we. Oh, I'm I'm
0: constantly jealous of of like people on Instagram or people who only do unboxing videos or just do like opinion piece videos where they just sit in front of the camera and then they're done. It's like, oh, <laughs> man, we need to figure out something like that. Yeah, they takes, got a million subscribers. We, we, yeah. we yeah, right. constantly have the, the, the conversation. Is there a type of video that we can do quicker? And right. I, I guess there is, and maybe that would take us away from what we do. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I can see why you would just want to focus on the business that you're creating now and not worry right. about yeah, YouTube. It's a different thing. You can get just as much. Um, engagement on Instagram doing live stuff and yeah, you don't need a million views on a video if you get a hundred great like eyes on something you're doing on Instagram and one of those people want to buy something it's totally worth it and you can make a a, probably a better connection to that one person than a a video with 10 million views
1: yeah yeah yeah. and I mean but you nailed it I mean it's just the timing it's just like it's yeah yeah it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I work full-time job. Like I'm not right. I'm yeah. not a full-time knife. Ma- I mean, I produce like a full-time knife maker as far as how many knives I put out. But, uh, I, you know, I got three kids under the age of, yeah. under the age of seven, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's, a lot, it's not enough time in the day.
2: No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. And, and even if there is time, like, like I say, people, people often will send me messages asking me to like, you know do a custom axe or something or make a knife for him and and occasionally I'll do that but it's it's few and far between just because you know so much of my "Quote unquote free time is already taken up with other things," you know. Like I have hobbies and things that I want to do, and then Devin and I shoot videos, and we both have full time jobs. And then you know, like I have friends, and then you know, what spare time I have, I want to spend with my wife and daughter. You know, it's like, right? Well, you know, I could do it, but what's my time worth? And you know, like if I do a few of those a year, okay, but you know, it's just not the amount. It's just not worth it. Sometimes, you know, it's like I just have to, I have to have my downtime and I have to have my family time. Yeah.
1: And that, I mean that's one of the driving reasons that I, I, I would never be a full time maker. Like I would never, right. I would never do it. And I have so much respect for the guys that do, but like I want yeah. knife making to be something that's that's fun, you yeah. know. And I want to yeah. be so, able to s- just say I'm not going to do it today and be okay with that, you right. know. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So so you're you would never be a full time even
0: if like I mean you're getting plenty of orders now and I'm sure you're constantly making knives, but. So let's say you all of a sudden you were on some show and then like you got like 5000 orders and unless you like upscaled, you you wouldn't be able to fill them out. But, you know, hey, I can make
1: 100 grand in a month. You still you still don't uh, think yeah.
0: you don't think you'd do
2: that.
1: <laughs> well, I think there's a difference between like being a part of a production knife company where your your name's behind it, you know, like mm. Josh Smith is a really good example at Montana Knife right. Company, Montana, right? Like he yeah. he put in his time, he's a master smith. He was the youngest master smith ever and and yeah. now he's got a very successful, you know, production knife company that's that's done really well and he makes great blades. Um I don't want to I don't want to make knife making a job. Mm. Right. Like I love it. Right. Like I, I love it. I love working on knives And this last year. I made just a little over 200 knives this last year True. and I loved every single minute of that. And if it was keeping the lights on at my house and putting food on the table, right. I don't know. I just, I don't think I would love it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why that I haven't um, taken on more commissions and haven't, Not that, not that I wouldn't also enjoy, you know, spending more time and making more money doing it, but you know, it's not about that. It's about being able to go down to my shop and do something that I love to do when I want to do it. You know, like you said, like not have to do it one day if you don't want to, you know, it's like, I don't want to have to go down in the shop every single day and work every day in the shop because I have to, you know, like I'll probably go down the shop every day anyway but because i love it because that's like that's my as you know and i see that that's why our channel is called the art of craftsmanship because i see that as my studio as much as my like art studio that i have upstairs that my wife and daughter and i all use you know and that i'm actually sitting in right now which is just full of art supplies and junk and packed full of stuff this is my uh my landscape that i look at every time that we're recording the podcast yeah (laughs) but um yeah i agree i think there's the shop to me is that place where I can go to have fun and be creative and, and make things and do things that are my hobby, like axes and tool restoration and knife making and woodworking. And it's still that it's still enjoyable to me, enjoyable to me. And it's great that it can make some money, you know, that it can pay for itself, which is, right. which is the other great thing. And, you know, like you said, you know that you can go out there and you can work and you can do some knives and you can sell them. And it's great it'll help you buy more tools and do more of the things that you love to do. <laughs> yeah like jordan's
0: jordan's just trying to make knives to recoup some of the expenses he's
2: he's
1: cut over <laughs> the years knives. <laughs> well it's funny because like the other day like i i sold like four or five knives and then i turned around and bought six like <laughs> it was literally just a transfer of funds from my bank account to other people's for, for knives but you know so kind of to go back to your point dustin like i you know Yes, I I take orders, right? I have a cust, like I have, you know, a, I have books and I have orders in there, but I don't, I don't take any money until the knife is packaged and ready to ship, and I never mm. will. And I do, mm. and I'm very intentional about that because a, I don't want to be in debt to anybody. And even right. if yeah. if I've taken any money from you up front, now I owe you a knife. But yeah. yeah. Even if you're on my, you know, my order list until I've taken money, like. I don't actually owe you anything. Like I've told you right. I'll do it, but it's on my time, it's when I want. And 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 if I want to say, "Hey, you know what? I've decided I'm just not going to do custom orders." So, you know, I'm not going to be able to get to this. I'm not right. having to refund anybody. They're not feeling like yep. they're out money. They're not bugging me about when is it going to show up and when is it going to be done. Right. You know, I just I I've resent I've had some sort of resentment towards every job I've ever had in my life, and I don't want knife making to be that. And I don't think it would be any yeah. different if it was full time. Yeah. Mm
2: yeah i think that's that's a huge part a huge point too of of you know taking even if it were like a down payment yeah then you then you owe that person something and then it's no longer a a thing you enjoy doing and that you want to do because you love it it's because you have to do it you know and yeah yeah, i think that transition is that's that's a tough transition that's hard
0: and they start to have like some say or you know yeah it's like anything once they're invested you once they paid you think that they they know they do have kind of some say over what you're doing. I mean, you can ignore them, but they've already paid you some money. It's like, um, what's, uh, talking to some friends who do, they work in production houses when they edit and people, you know, they pay for these things up front and they pay a lot of money for videos and stuff, but people who know nothing about videos or editing will critique them and right. their edits. Yeah. Like over and over and over. And they have no idea. You know, yeah. well, you think you could add this, and you think you could change this. Like they just have that. Uh, yeah, because
2: yeah, they're the client, right? So right, you're right, you're, right. Ba- you're like, you know, you're you're on the client's time. They're the they're paying for it, so you do what they they right. ask you. To do. You're now, constantly, obviously, yeah. I mean, if you have like a custom order, right? They're asking like do this, this, and this, and this. But again, like you said, Jordan, you know, until you give it to them. It's still yours, right? You've paid for everything that it's, that's gone into that knife, you know, your time and all the materials, it's still yours until they give you the money, you know, even right. though you're making it based off of what they want to do, what they want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, I don't expect them to actually, there's no expectation for them to actually buy it. Right. right. So, I mean, yeah things happen. And I, what yeah. I don't want is I don't want somebody to be, I don't want to put somebody in a financially, like a, a hard place financially. So, I mean, yeah. there's been times where I've finished a knife and the customer's like, look, I just cannot like this came up. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, nine out of 10, 10 times, I just ship them the knife. I say, just pay me when you can. Like yeah. I've never <laughs> been burned. Like I, I never yeah. have been burned, but I've, I'll tell you this. Mm. If I do ever get burned, it won't be because of me. And that's like, I sleep easy at night knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm never, never going to put myself in that situation. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, that's, that's, that's big. It's important. That's really cool. You know, I, I think that, that goes with everything that I've felt passionate about with any type of company or people, you know, honesty is key. You, you be honest, you do it because it's the right thing to do. And because you're a good person and because that's what's, you know, that's, that's how humans are supposed to be. Right. You know, it's like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to do one to others as they would have you as you would have them do to you, you know, the golden rule, like there's something there because you should do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, as, as a teacher, I often have that conversation with my, with my students, you know, and I'm, a, I'm an architecture teacher, so it's not like I'm teaching like anything that has to do with anything with, you know, politics or right or wrong or religion or anything. But still, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, that's not the right thing to do. One of the one of the biggest things I'll say to my students over the years that I've 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 uh, found that has the most impact is when I tell a student that they're being a bad person. And they're Ooh. like, then it really hits home, you know, because you could call him a jerk, you know, kids all call each other, whatever. But when when you're telling someone that they're not being a good person or that you think they're a bad person, it like it makes a whole different, you know. <laughs> yeah. if, that,
1: if that works for everybody, that'd be great, but. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when your dad tells you he's not mad, he's just really disappointed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I'm so disappointed, like, no. Yeah. I'd rather <laughs> be mad. Can you start, can you be mad, right? Yeah, <laughs> yell again. No, I don't yeah. like this whole disappointment side of
1: you. Yeah, oh, too funny.
2: Uh, well, Jordan, as we do for all of our guests, we'd love for you to tell us a disaster story. So like I've said before in the past, the disaster stories are awesome and fun and important to us because as makers and as people who have you know, a relatively successful channel, people, you know, and, 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 uh, social media people, everyone always just sees the polished end of what you've done. You know, there was like, everything's edited. Everything's like, this is, this is this beautiful thing. Look at it. This is how it's done. And we don't see that in between. And we don't, always see that we are all makers and we all make mistakes along the way so we love to have to tell have our guests tell us those stories about things that they've done in the past that either haven't worked out one way or another so do you have a disaster
1: story for us yeah i've got a lot i had to reach into my like disaster story binder and pull out the best (laughs) one um all right so this i mean and this actually happened this last year which is great um, so I had a, I was, I was making a, a newer model to me and it was like my take on a classic like fighter knife. It's a longer blade, longer, the longer, like the longest blade that I've made, which isn't very long. I mean, it was probably like 12 inches long, but it was long enough that when I went to stone, wa- like acid, wash it and ferric chloric acid, cause I was going to do a stone wash on it. Uh, okay. it wouldn't like the whole blade wouldn't fit into my little jar of ferric chloric acid. So I was like, okay, well I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get this whole blade in there. So I had this baking dish like from the kitchen, like the shallow baking dish. And I'm like, well, I can't, you know, I don't, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to pour ferric chloric acid in this baking dish. Cause we use this dish. Right. So I got the idea. Well, I'll just line it with foil. Like I'll just, I'll just foil line this and I'll dump all this acid and then I'll throw the knife in there. Well, I didn't know that when when f- ferric acid goes on foil, the hydrochloric acid, which is like the main acid in ferric, right. it, it has like an, ex- an exothermic reaction with the aluminum <laughs> and it is, it, it, it starts smoking. And like, you know, the old, um, like the old Drano bombs that kids would make and like people would mm-hmm. make like, this is literally like what happens. Like it, it can oh, explode, gosh. it's smoking everywhere like I, and, and at this point i can't put my hand in there so i'm watching this thing like just profusely smoking eating up this foil now it's all over the baking dish i don't know if the knife is is getting ruined and and so like i run inside i get on google and i'm like trying to figure it out and it, you know first thing is like do not breathe that smoke well i've been out there breathing this smoke for like four minutes sweat. like i'm just out there breathing this stuff like it's clean air and uh yeah anyway um the knife ended up being fine but we learned a valuable lesson that day like there's there's certain containers for your ferrochloric don't go getting crafty and trying to (laughs) put aluminum in there but yeah it was it was not fun yeah
2: (laughs) which did it what did you do did it just like kind of smoke itself out or
1: yeah i just left it out there and i let it just run its course eat, eat away at the yeah aluminum. that's it. jeez
2: yeah <laughs> yep.
0: so i get the, i guess that pans no more
1: no i think we're still using the pan actually <laughs> nice. give it a good wash you're like it's glass pyrex will last forever <laughs> yeah i think i dishwashed it or something but there's been a number of times where stuff like that has happened and it's just like well, wow, i should have probably like opened my laptop and looked this up before i made this rash decision <laughs> uh,
2: uh, that's great i could just see like pouring the
1: fair chloride like in there and it's just like
2: yeah well and the funniest <laughs> thing is like
1: i thought i had the best idea i was like this is brilliant like i'm gonna start doing this on all of my knives like i can just dump it in here and as soon as i started dumping it, and like i kept going too like i saw the smoke and i kept dumping <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, that's great i guess that makes sense why everyone just uses pvc pipes (laughs) you know like you just everyone uses pvc pipes (laughs)
1: yeah well actually i got these really i saw another maker that had this like you can go to you can go to target and you can get these um plastic spaghetti containers that hold spaghetti and they Mm -hmm. have a they have a lid with like a little like a little suction button to like lock the lid on yep Mm -hmm. perfect for fair and they're like and they're like 14 inches tall. Cause I got a whole spaghetti, yeah, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. great yeah, exactly. Investment. then you
2: got that, like, yeah, the suction that's on top and yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it
1: knocks over, it's not spilling, you know, it's not, you at least have, you've bought yourself a little bit of time before it starts spilling. So
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. That's awesome. Good job. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you go, folks. If you, if you, if you're worried about making mistakes, just remember we all make mistakes go over and watch Don Wynn's most recent video. And you see all the ones that he makes There's one point, I'll give one point away. He's like gluing up the handle. So he's like, he's already drilled through the handle a bunch of times and like, couldn't get through a bunch of spots. Cause his drill bits weren't sh- like sharp enough, which I've done a billion oh, times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh and like, then he's, so he's got everything ready. He puts all his pins in, he's gluing everything up and he's like, got one side on, he's got the pins in and He's and he goes to put on the second side. And as soon as he does it, he goes, oh no and he like takes it off and he looks over at his as the guy that's working with him he's like uh can you can you sand this this uh tang you know because he like didn't scratch it up or sand it at all yet (laughs) it's like covered in epoxy and pins and everything he's like we gotta wipe the epoxy off now i didn't scratch it up i was like oh that's great it's classic (laughs) you know and who knows that could have just been because it's like when you're trying to film youtube and and do something at the same time you always get things screwed up you know everything always gets out of out of whack but uh it was just funny it was like i've been there Good to know. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'd like to finish up with some recommendations. Um, uh, Jordan, you have any recommendations for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I got I got two of them, and I'll make them quick. Um, all right. I don't do any of my own sheaths. Um, I used to. Okay. Um, I do not enjoy leather at all. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I partnered up with with two guys that I met through Bushcraft USA, Um, one does leather and one does my kydex and they are just fantastic guys um they do incredible incredible work so uh sean is from mountaineer leather and it's mountaineer underscore leather on instagram does incredible sheaths axe masks i mean you name it the guys do it i I carry the wallet i carry every day he made um uses really quality leather and does good stuff and then uh, my kydex guy is a gentleman named frank and he is Jersey Devil Kydex, one word. You can check him out on Instagram. Send him a knife and he will do magic on that knife. Uh, nice. Whatever, Custom, fully customizable and the whole deal. And they're uh, just really, really great honest guys that do really good work.
2: Nice, have you ever done Kydex?
1: I, uh, yeah, I have a Kydex press, I've done it a couple times. I actually did a little slip sheath for a little neck knife I made the other day. Um, Again, one of those things where I just, I do not, I don't enjoy it. (laughs) Right. I just don't enjoy it. It's hard.
2: (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) I say that about leather work. I like, it's just not my favorite. You know, I like doing, I I like the outcome and I like knowing that I can do it. And again, as, as a hobby knife maker, I don't, I only have to do it occasionally. So if I think if I got to like, if I were doing what you were doing, where I'm making, you know, lots of knives, you're like, like you said, 200 knives a year, I would probably do the same thing. I would look for someone else to do it because that's not the part that I enjoy. I just do it because it's, it's gotta be done. You know, it's like, I mean, okay. You know, I know, I know I can do it and that's, and that, that there's some satisfaction
1: satisfaction there knowing that I can do it and I will do it. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. Invest enough time to, to know that in a pinch, like you can pull it off, but you're not going to pursue it. And that's right. Exactly.
2: And then you can support someone else who, who can do it and does enjoy doing it. Exactly. Right. Right. I can, I can change my oil, but the guy down the street will do it for $25. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe I'll let him get dirty. Right. (laughs) All right. Deb, you got a
0: recommendation? Yeah. So I was talking to Dustin yesterday. I did one of these things where I just pulled the trigger For a while, I've been looking into 3D printing stuff. Um, And kind of like, do I have a a reason to get it? And there's all these things I thought I could use for it. Then, then like, most things I went to, like, can we use it in a video? Like, how can we use a 3D printer? And then just the idea of videos with, like, I don't know, a 3D printed knife or handle scale, stuff like that might be interesting to see, you know? And, like, you could do really cool designs and and patterns that it would be really hard to do by hand and just something different, you know, some type of weird 3d printed handle scales. Yeah. Right. So that's how I kind of sold it to myself. Like I can at least (laughs) do that and make a video and we we can get some content out of it, but there's also all these other weird little things and gaming things you can deal with. And you can like print out little like mini figures. And I've always wanted to do a, uh, um, like a a train garden for Christmas. Oh, nice. So you can print out, I mean, they have free, all these, uh, free documents where you just download them and you can print out like houses and stuff. Yeah. So I found one, uh, the ender three V two. I just ordered it today and it's going to come tomorrow. Dang. Good old Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be messing with that a lot and trying to get that right. But there's a, um, YouTube channel. I've been watching a lot this guy uh, um, just dealing with all type. Yeah, I think he's more of a gamer and stuff. So he does like like scenery for tabletop games. Uh, the the okay. channel is 3D printed tabletop. Okay. But he's just got such a good personality. The videos are really good, really high production quality. Um, he was just really good to, to listen to and watch. And he makes all type of stuff and happens to have the same printer i have now so oh nice i'm excited but he uh just good stuff if you're looking into 3d printed stuff and um gaming stuff i guess too he does a lot of that
2: yeah that's cool one of the things that i actually thought of and i wrote down at some point in some notebook was like uh because at at our school i have a 3d printer but before i was teaching the class i'm teaching now there was another 3d printer in the building and so i thought like it would be cool to uh print out some type of you know like you said like a scale like handle scale blank with some type of recessed pattern in it and then Mm -hmm. fill it with epoxy Mm -hmm. you see you get this like clear epoxy with like a pattern underneath of it so i thought that'd be kind of cool so it might be interesting to to play with that something that it would be hard to do by hand
1: they there was um oh i don't know like a year and a half ago i broke a little piece on my cheap harbor freight drill press and it was like the the little it was like a plastic piece that was like the stopper for the depth gauge yep. and i couldn't buy just that part and it was a cheap you know drill press but i didn't want to have to go buy another one and i yeah, found right. like the 3d printed file nice. on online and so i just put something on bushcraft usa that was like hey does anybody have a 3d printer and there was a guy like 20 minutes from my house that was <laughs> nice. like I'll, I'll print that out for you and so he, he printed out too and i went over there and that's that's been on my drill press for like over a year working flawlessly nice. like those 3D printers I mean endless possibilities yeah, yeah they're
0: they're they're amazing i was just going through they have a bunch of websites where people put up free designs and right. it is everything you can think of like tool holders and hooks and things to yeah. hold this and that Anything. and think for your yeah. for your drill bits and then then you'll see like a couple toys and then like a some orc minifigure and then there'll be a guy who's made something <laughs> for like his drills To hang them up, like on the wall, or there'll be all these little parts, all these weird things that 10 years ago people couldn't produce. Like, I just got a new fridge and this little, like, C-ring, plastic C-ring comes in very specific sizes to level the two doors out. Mm -hmm. And, like, for a while, I couldn't find them anywhere. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to wedge something in there to get them uneven? Because that was really (laughs) bothering me, that whatever (laughs) eighth of an inch. that, But then I finally found them. Just little things like that. These little yeah. plastic bits that you couldn't make before, now you can. It's it's interesting, and I'm sure I'll be complaining about that in the next couple of weeks trying to get it working right. But <laughs> nice. hopefully, in a month or two, maybe we can do some type of
2: video with a a weird handle or something. <laughs> yeah, right on. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I like the idea of doing you know stuff that would that would be much harder to do by hand. You know, like obviously anything with like little teeny details or or like specific uh, logos, you know, if you're trying to do something, that's a logo, that's someone's logo, you know, like it's hard to do that. Right. by And so, right. You know, carving things away or it would take way, way longer. But yeah, I think that's cool. Well, my, um, my recommendation this week is a gentleman by the name of Matthew Aaron and his uh, Instagram is uh, at, at Aaron creative company. So Matt, reached out to me uh a couple weeks ago i can't remember exactly when it was and i can't remember exactly why but i had posted something on instagram and he reached out to me and uh, we were talking back and forth about some stuff and then he asked me he said are you interested in exchanging some um some like uh what what's the one i'm trying to say um some like uh shout outs for some uh Damascus and I was like well I don't I don't make Damascus but you know thanks anyway and then he was like no no I make Damascus and I'd like to send you some you know if you want to like if you want to post it on Instagram and just you know tag me along with it and I was like absolutely I'm more than happy to do that you know like that's that's the great thing about makers and people is like we can all work together to build everybody up so he actually made some custom Damascus for me and sent it to me and I got it today um, and it's got like a, kind of a Chevron pattern to it. It's obviously, it's not etched yet. So, but I have a, a blank that's uh, about an inch and a half by, I'd say nine inches long by about eighth of an inch. So I'm excited. I'll be doing a knife with this. So, um, thank you so much, Matthew, Aaron, for sending this out. I'm really excited to, uh, try it out and do something with Damascus for the first time. So, so, so was Damascus this blank. the official, official shout out or do you owe him another one? <laughs> no that's it that's all he's getting no it's getting <laughs> no i'm gonna take some pictures and i'll post and obviously as i as i make it and stuff you know i'll post it and just like make sure he's on there so hey when you do your work, etch but...
1: make sure you don't put your the oil all right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: no this one's only like i said eight inches long so i'll get a 14 inch uh, spaghetti yeah. container and i'll be Perfect. Good to
0: <laughs> <laughs> or one of those old cereal containers
2: yeah. yeah yeah right exactly yeah like our grandmother always had the cereal containers with like the tupperware pop top you know yep. she makes like five every yeah
0: like, <laughs> well, you want some honey bunches of cheerios like no mom i'm good <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right well jordan thank you so much man this has been a blast it's been super awesome to have you on um I know we've, we've talked over the last couple months or, you know, year or so back and forth. So it's fun to be able to actually chat with you and, uh, have a conversation. Um, where can people find you even more when they, if they want to find you, uh, on, on all the social medias?
1: Yeah, sure. So my Instagram is JD underscore custom underscore knives. And then, uh, my website is JD custom knives.com. And i have a uh my cell phone number is on there so you can call me i got a chat feature on there and try to be as accessible as possible yeah that's awesome yeah I was uh i've been
2: we've become pretty good friends with uh brian house from the housework channel and he uh, i watched a video of his maybe a year and a half now and he like he put his cell phone number in the video he's <laughs> like if you need help or if you have a question call me and it was like straight there. i was like dang that's bold and then i had i had the same thought when i went to your website and it's like your cell phone number was there i was like well you know like <laughs> if that's what you do right you know like it's that's your whole point is that you want to be you know approachable right you want to have that have that relationship with the people that you're making stuff for because it's right. important that they know who you are they know your story and they know you know you're like that you're doing something that's coming from your hand i think that's important
1: right. absolutely that's cool
2: awesome man all right well thank you so much jordan it's been a blast everybody thank you all so much for listening um make sure that you go check out jordan go give him a follow go over to his youtube channel and like it there because he's got some really cool videos um and uh if you like what you're hearing and you like what you see on our youtube channel please uh go over to youtube and follow us and uh, subscribe there and you can follow both Devin and i on instagram at the art of craftsmanship and at the art of camera guy And if you want to support us more, you can always head over to Patreon backslash the art of craftsmanship and you can support us there. It makes a really big difference and we are forever grateful for all of our Patreon supporters. So thank you all so much. And everyone everyone else who's listening, we really appreciate all of you as well. So thank you all for listening and we will talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
1: Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.